0: Good morning, Christ Central family. It's good to be with you today. My name is Kelly Tarasovich, and I'll be reading from the book of Mark, starting in verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. and they were filled with great fear and said to one another who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him word of the lord
1: all right what's going on family if i have not met you already as just shared. I'm Charles McKnight, co-pastor of West Charlotte Church, and I am indeed a proud son of Christ Central's ministry, and it's just so good to be here back home this morning with the privilege of bringing you a word from the Lord today. It had been a long day, a really long day. Jesus had been spending all day doing Jesus-y kinds of things, teaching and healing and caring for folk, and helping to prepare people for the soon-to-come full revelation that he was indeed their long-awaited Messiah. So again, it had been a long day, and it was time for Jesus and his disciples to start making their way to their next stop on Jesus' ministry tour. So as the sun begins to set, They all hop onto this little boat, and they begin drifting off together across the sea of Galilee. And I imagine that Jesus' disciples that day, probably still full of a little bit of adrenaline from all the day's events, I imagine that they were probably chatting it up real good on that boat that day, talking with one another, sharing stories about all the amazing things they had experienced by Jesus' side that day. Jesus himself was exhausted. So Jesus makes his way through the crowd of conversations and finds a seat in the back of that little boat. Jesus lays his head down on a little cushion in order to get what my grandmama calls a, a little rest for his eyes. And it's not long that as that little boat drifts off into the sunset, Jesus himself drifts off to sleep and everything seemed to be all right on that boat that day right up until it wasn't not too long after Jesus dozes off out of nowhere, it seems. A crazy storm of hurricane proportion storms in and begins to violently rock that little boat, knocking out planks and filling it up with water, causing everybody on that boat that day to absolutely panic. Everyone, except for Jesus, that is. What is Jesus doing in the midst of the storm? He's in the back of the boat with his head on a pillow, sound asleep. And when the disciples look back and they see that Jesus is still sleeping, they go flip mode on him, right? Jesus, don't you see what's going on here? Don't you see that we're out here about to drown? How in the world can you be sleeping right now, Jesus? Do you not care? They ask him. And it's at that point, that Jesus, the Son of God, lifts his head up off that pillow and stands up and stares right into the face of that raging storm and says to it, Peace, peace be still. And immediately the sky's clear and the sea is as smooth as glass. Then Jesus turns to his fear-filled disciples, and he asked them, why are you so afraid? What in the world do you have to be worried about? How long have y'all known me? How long have y'all been with me? How many miracles have y'all seen me do just today? Why are you still not convinced of my power and my love for you? Have you still, have you still no faith? Jesus asks them. and Staggered by both Jesus' rebuke and this new revelation of Jesus they had just witnessed, all the disciples could do that day was shake their head and ask, who in the world is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's how the gospel writer Mark describes this stormy scene with Jesus and his disciples at the end of Mark chapter 4. I imagine that many of us, most of us, most of us this past year has brought an unusual number of storms into our life. Amen, anybody? There's, of course, the big storm of COVID that has crashed into and rocked the boats of all of our lives in some significant ways. There's, of course, the the big storm of that contentious political election season that rocked many of us and rocked many of our relationships as well. Then there's the new string of the concurrent storms of mass shootings that we're once again experiencing all over this country and then there's of course storms of social unrest and racial trauma brought about by the flood of accumulating stories and videos and candlelight vigils being held for the growing list of melanated victims, black, brown, and Asian folk experiencing violence against their image-bearing bodies. It's been a stormy year, brothers and sisters. And that's to make no mention of all the regular storms we've each uniquely had to deal with in the midst of this uniquely past stormy year. Health issues for some of us. Relationship issues. Financial issues. Spiritual issues. It's been a stormy time for a lot of us. Times where loneliness and fear and sadness, and disappointment, and anger, and feeling sick, and feeling tired. And what? Feeling sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Such heavy feelings and emotions have alternated and overlapped in many of our souls over these past 12 or so stormy months. The sun springtime was shining bright outside when I walked in here today but here inside inside many of our homes inside many of our own minds and hearts this morning there seems to be only April showers and storms and in the middle This long stormy season for some of us, some of us have looked around and wondered like those disciples on that boat that day. Jesus, where are you? Don't you see all these storms raging around this world? Don't you see all these storms raging around this country? Don't you see all these storms raging all up in and around my life right now? Lord, how could you let all this painful rain fill up the boat of my life? I'm drowning, Jesus. and it feels like you're in the back of the boat asleep and not caring. And if that hasn't necessarily been your experience over these past 12 months, I promise you that that's been the stormy condition that many, many of your brothers and sisters have been living in. And so I'm grateful this morning I'm grateful because the Lord has a timely word, I believe, of encouragement for all of us today, whether you're in the storm yourselves right now or with a brother or sister in their storm right now. Jesus has a word for us all this morning in stormy times to not overlook his stormy grace. That far from being asleep Jesus is telling us today, I'm wide awake, and I'm here with a word to help you to more faithfully not only weather the storm, but even to be able to thrive and rest right in the middle of them. Stormy grace, our subject this morning. I first arrived here at Christ Central. A very young man as an intern 11 years ago. And while I stand here today, still, you know, relatively young man, some of y'all up front, you might be able to tell there's some gray hairs in the beard these days, right? Starting to notice the little metabolism ain't quite hitting like it used to be. I'm learning things that my mind thinks that I can still do, come on somebody, but my maturing body says otherwise. For example, (laughs) I went out the other day for the first time in a long time to play some pickup basketball at the park, right? I'm all, you know, vaccinated up, so I'm trying to get out there, move and shake, right? And somehow I ended up on the court playing against a bunch of these. New breed, long and athletic teenager types. Y'all know them. Some of y'all got them. I see some in here. They making them different these days, right? About 45 seconds into the game, it became abundantly clear to me that even though in my mind I'm still 17 like they are, in my body, that ain't quite the case. So you know me. I got the ball, top of the key. And in my mind, you know, I'm about to hit them with it, go through the lane. I might lean on them, you know, take it straight to the rim. I still got it. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. But right before liftoff, my body started laughing at me. Y'all laughing. I'm serious. I heard my body clowning me. Like, you know you tripping. You better stay your washed up behind real close to the ground, right? Mess around and rupture something out here, thinking you're still 17. Boy, bye. That's what this aging body said to me and probably kept me from looking like a fool out there that day. So as I begin to come to grips with this new phase of aging, I'm also learning that mentally, part of the game of aging well is not just continuing to learn new things, But also, now I got to work just as hard to remember the old things that I already learned, especially those lessons that I had to learn the hard way when I was younger. Jesus also knew that this, too, would be a valuable skill that his disciples needed to develop if they were going to age and mature well into all he was calling them to be. Jesus wanted to give them some good lessons now to store away to remember in the future. And as I studied this passage, I saw at least four big gracious lessons that Jesus deposited into the memory banks of the disciples through that storm that day in order for them to be able to withdraw from it as reminders of his grace in the future. First, the reminder. That just because they roll with Jesus doesn't mean that storms won't still come in their life. That being on team, Jesus would not exempt them from the rain of pain nor the winds of worries in this life. As a matter of fact, Jesus was giving the visceral lesson that day that actually more storms, not less, might come their way if they kept on following Jesus where he was leading. I mean, if you think about it, the only reason the disciples were on the boat that day was because they were following Jesus on the mission he had invited them in on. If they had just stayed there behind at the house that day, right? If they had just rejected Jesus' call to follow him, they could have avoided having to be in that stormy situation that day. But they didn't stay home. They did decide to follow Jesus. And so again, Jesus teaches them as a future reminder that following him, that living for him, that loving and serving and obeying him will sometimes actually expose them to even more storms in this life. But that's not the only stormy lesson the disciples got that day. Jesus taught them that not only will storms come in their life, but that when storms come, he won't always calm them immediately. Understand that when that first drop of rain fell on their heads that day, Jesus could have simply said, rain, rain, go away. Come again another day, right? And the rain would have had to immediately leave because Jesus, the son of God, possessed all necessary power to do just that, just with the tone of his voice, just with the rhythm of his speech, just with the cadence of his mighty words. Jesus could have stopped those rains. He could have evaporated that wind. He could have checked that storm right on sight. But he didn't. Jesus decided to let the storm rage in their life for a little while in order to deposit into their memory banks that day the truth that just because a storm seems to linger for a while doesn't mean that Jesus had forgotten about them. Doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't still love them. It doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't still have all kinds of often mysterious, yet all the time good purposes, not despite, but actually through that lingering storm. Jesus taught his disciples that day as a future reminder that storms will come, that he won't always calm them immediately, and that no matter how long he lets that storm rage, Jesus would always be right there in the middle of it. With them. That even if it seems from their finite perspective that Jesus is either unaware or unresponsive to their stormy situation, that that actually couldn't be further from the truth. Jesus taught them that day that He is always fully present right up in the boat with them in the storm. Future reminders, Jesus knew they were going to need on the path of discipleship. Storms will come, that He won't always calm them immediately, that He's always with them in the storm, and that no matter what, Jesus is their only sure help to get through the storm. Understand that storm that day was a kind of faith pop quiz for Jesus' disciples. And based on Jesus's rebuke of them at the end of the passage, it's clear that they all got big fat F's on that quiz that day. But the one response, the one response that it appears the disciples did actually get right that day was that when the storms came, they ran to Jesus. They rightly understood that their only real help that their only sure solution to be able to 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 make it through the storm would have to come from Jesus. And that's why Professor Jesus goes and puts a big check mark right beside that right response when again with nothing but a word Jesus cleared the skies and he calmed the sea. So again Storms will come, and Jesus won't always calm them immediately, but he is always with them in the storm, and he is always their only sure hope to get through all life storms. And I wonder which of these powerful reminders that Jesus is calling you to most remember this morning maybe you mainly need to be reminded this morning that storms will come in this life maybe you've begun to buy into the fraudulent belief that if i could just do all the right things if i could just get all the right resources That if I could just have enough faith that I could be done with all these storms in my life. If we're not careful, it's easy, brothers and sisters, to slowly fade into that kind of false, prosperity-ish gospel kind of thinking. And I've learned that one of the main signs that my own heart is slipping into that kind of false belief is that when my immediate response to an incoming storm is, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve it. I work too hard. I've been out here doing too much good. I've been through too much already to deserve to be in this storm. But it's passages like this one, brothers and sisters, that serve as God's rebuking and comforting grace to us, reminding us that our storms always come tagged with Jesus's good and perfect, sanctifying and loving purposes, and that they may even be a sign that you're actually following Jesus like we should into the sometimes stormy places. That he leads us. It may be that reminder that some of us mainly need to hear this morning. Maybe others mainly need to be reminded that Jesus won't always immediately calm those storms in our life. Maybe you already get storms will come. You've already resolved that truth in your mind. But it's the duration of some storms in your life or in the life of someone that you're walking with right now, that you're struggling with. A week, even a month of enduring a stormy situation is one thing. But several months, even several years of dealing with that same storm has made it hard for some of us, I know, to keep believing that Jesus has anything good to do with it. There's some stubborn storms in my own life even right now that tempts me towards that lie. But Jesus is saying to us this morning, brothers and sisters, do not worry. I'm still working. As a matter of fact, that lingering storm is actually me working overtime to work some extra mighty things on, in, and through you. Maybe that reminder that some of us mainly need to hear this morning. Still, maybe for others, mainly you need to be reminded this morning that in that storm... Jesus is right there with you. Maybe the darkness of that storm, maybe all the winds and rain and havoc that it seems to be wrecking on your life is making it hard for you to see that Jesus is sitting right there in the boat with you. And what Jesus is doing for you through this passage this morning, brothers and sisters, is putting his arm around you and pulling you closer in to him to whisper in your ear, I'm right here. I'm right here. I've got you. I've always had you. What you think? I'm going to drop a storm on your life and just leave? No. You know I don't get down like that. I'm fully present with you, equipping you with all the sustaining and comforting and purpose-filled grace you need in every single storm in your life, even in the storms that you brought on yourself with your own sinful foolishness. I'm with you in it. You are mine. I got you. Jesus is reminding us that I did not hang on a cross or get pierced in my side to ever leave your side. And maybe it's that reminder that somebody especially needs to hear this morning. Finally, I wonder if some of us this morning mainly need to be reminded that Jesus is your only sure help to be able to endure well and to get through the storms of this life. We've all been guilty at times of running to all other kinds of things in this world before finally making our way to the back of the boat to Jesus in the storm. Running all kinds of other stuff. Find some comfort. Running all other kinds of stuff just to find a little relief. Running all kinds of stuff to find some solution in the storm instead of first running to the one who we know holds all power over every drop of rain, every blow of the wind in that storm that we're going through. Many of us. I know in the rains and pains we've experienced over this past stormy year have reached and groped for comfort and relief and solutions in all kinds of places. Not necessarily even bad places, but all places before turning to Jesus, all before throwing ourselves at his mercy, at his grace, at his comfort at his promises, at his burden-lifting love for you. And what Jesus is asking some of us this morning is how has that worked out for you? How has bypassing me to run to all those other things really worked out? I'll answer, it hasn't. Whatever else, brothers and sisters, that we grab on the boat before grabbing and gripping hold of Jesus will always ultimately come up short in being able to hold you down and hold you up in the storm. Like that old hymn reminds us, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I love how it says, I dare not trust The sweetest frame, right? But wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Why? Because all that other ground, what is it? Sinking sand. Deep down, brothers and sisters, we know that's true. Jesus is bringing us the grace of all these reminders this morning, brothers and sisters, so that we can more fully experience the peace and purposes and even get this, even a little joy and rest that he has for us right in the middle of the storm. And finally, on the back of those storms winds that day, Jesus blew in for his disciples not only the grace of some much-needed future reminders, but also some much-needed revelations about himself. It's amazing how spending time with a person in a new context can help you to see things about a person that you haven't seen before. I was thinking when I was at the park getting beat up by these young teenagers the other day on the basketball court, I was thinking about uh, when I went on my first Christ Central Men's Retreat, maybe eight or nine years ago, and I remember that first day we're at the retreat, a bunch of us, we decided to uh, head down to play a little pickup basketball in the gym at the retreat center. And I remember there was this one particular guy, won't say no names, but there was this one guy who was joining us. Now I... I'd known this man for a little while, cool dude, loved Jesus, all that stuff. But um, a guy who I honestly didn't really have um, high expectations for his basketball playing abilities. Uh, I know you should not judge a book by its cover, but this brother definitely did not fit the basketball playing kind of profile. He was kind of short. Nice guy, but he was a little, little goofy. But the main cause for Paul's was that what this brother came to the court wearing. He came down to the court in some jeans and some Birkenstock sandals. Y'all know the Birkenstocks? With two little leather straps on the front, right? Toes all out. Nike Air Jesus, Right? Came down to court dressed like that. Dead giveaway. Not picking him, right? He going to stub a toe. And I'm not hating on Birkenstocks. Maybe somebody got on some right now. Matter of fact, they look kind of comfortable. Not my style, but look, hey, they look comfortable. All I'm saying is there's a reason ain't no NBA player sponsored by no Birkenstock. Because they're not made to play basketball in, right? But look, y'all, as soon as the game got started, Birkenstock boy was killing it. He was crossing folk over, throwing no-look passes, out there like Steph Curry, draining the threes, doing a little airplane arms, all that kind of stuff, right? Dude was a certified baller. I had to rub my eyes like, who is this? This can't be the same goofy acting dude in the Birkenstocks that I walked down here with. But it was. You see, get this. I was receiving that afternoon a new revelation of who this brother was, all because I had entered with him into a new situation, into a new context where those abilities and attributes could be rightly displayed. And Jesus decided to use the context of a storm one day To reveal himself, to reveal his character, to reveal his power, to reveal his abilities and attributes to his disciples in a new and fresh way that day. So new and so fresh at the end of the passage, they rub their eyes, too, and ask, who in the world is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. And they got a revelation of Jesus that day that could only be experienced in the context of a storm. Brothers and sisters, I can personally testify to that truth this morning. That was only in the context of some storms in my own life that I was able to get a deeper understanding of who Jesus really is in my life. Some of you know that from your own testimonies. I know some of your testimonies. I'm looking at them right now. Right. You didn't really know Jesus to be a healer. Until the storm of some health issues blew into your life and Jesus brought you through it. Amen. Some of you didn't know Jesus was a provider until you were flat broke and didn't know how in the world you were going to pay those bills. And Jesus provided exactly what you needed to get by. Amen. Some of you didn't really know Jesus to be a comforter until the storm of heartbreak blew all up in through your life. And you knew it wasn't nothing but the love and comfort of Jesus that got you through it. Some of you didn't know Jesus to be a reconciler until he yanked some of your raggedy marriages off the precipice. Amen. You didn't really know Jesus to be a deliverer. Until he brought you through the storms of some sin struggles and addictions. You didn't know Jesus to be a way maker until you stepped into some mess and he stepped in that mess with you and made a way out of no way. It was only in the context of some storms in your life, brothers and sisters, that Jesus was able to reveal himself to you in some new and fresh faith strengthening way. Amen. His stormy grace of much needed reminders and much needed revelations. Jesus brings us, brothers and sisters, through and for the storms of this life. Finally, we know that our ability to trust. That this stormy grace will always be there for us in these ways. Our ability to trust that rests on the fact that Jesus Himself went to a stormy cross. And He absorbed all the stormy wrath of God that we deserved. And He laid in a stormy grave for three days. But on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead and said like he did to that storm that day, peace be still, putting a termination date on every storm in your life, guaranteeing that one day, one day, brothers and sisters, all storms will forever cease. And we shall dwell in the eternal sunshine of Jesus' glorious presence forevermore. And again, it is with that blood-bought, body-broken, grave-laying, resurrecting hope that we can trust that Jesus will prove faithful to provide us all the stormy grace in this life Until that day, the storms are no more. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that because of his life, perfect life, and his death, sacrificial, and his resurrection and his promised return, that we have a hope that storms won't last always. and We have a guarantee that Jesus, you will provide us all the stormy grace we need to endure to the end. So help us, Holy Spirit. Help us to believe that. Help us to lean on that. Help us to cling to that this morning. And help us to help one another to do the same. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray.
0: Amen. Amen.